See, when you walk with God, it's amazing. There is this hope. There is this peace that you carry. Certainly, you can go about life and be concerned about what you see on media here or there, everything that's flashing from our phones to our tablets to the screens. But when you walk with God, there's a certain peace. Because I know who has my back. I know who's for me. I know who's with me. In the midst of what is being presented or or shown, I know that I walk with the Most High. I know that there is refuge in the shadow of the Almighty. I know there's a God who loves me. I know who my provider is. I know who my healer is. I know who my protector is. I know who my Father is. God will see us through. And we can have that peace today. And I want to open up by reminding you of a promise for those who walk with God. Some of you have maybe looked at Psalms 91 this week. And I want to take a moment to to look through it right now and, and to talk about it. And, 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 and you're going to, maybe it's, it's up on the screen or, 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 or you're listening or it's, the notes are even in the church app this morning. But it says this in Psalms 91, verse 1. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge. Maybe can, can you say that alone? He alone is my refuge. My place of safety. He is my God and I trust in Him. Verse 3. For He will rescue you from every trap and protect you from every deadly disease. Come on now. Is the world scared about something? But if you walk with the Lord. Verse 4. He will cover you with His feathers and He will shelter you with His wings. His Faithful promises are your armor and protection. Do not be afraid of the terrors of the night nor the arrows that fly in the day. Do not dread the disease that stalks in darkness nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Though a thousand fall at your side, though 10,000 are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. Just open your eyes and see how the wicked are punished. If you make the Lord your refuge, and again, it is a choice. If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the Most High your shelter, no evil will conquer you. No plague will come near your home. For he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. You will trample upon lions and cobras. You will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer and I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue them and honor them. And I will reward them with a long life and give them my salvation. That's what Psalm 91 says. You know what that is? That is promise for believers. Is there, is there feedback? Can you hear an echo? I, I hear it. It's, it's in my, ringing in my ears. But these are the promises for those who love God. These are the promises for those who, who walk with Him. 
Maybe today you want to make that decision. Maybe for far too long you have not been walking with the Lord. Your walk hasn't been right. Maybe you've attended church, but you know inside you have not been right with God. Today could be the best day of your life, the best decision you've ever made. Sometimes we come and we think, well, you know what? I'm, you know, I'm just not good enough to be loved by God or to be accepted by God or to go to church. You know, I've done too much. You don't know what I've done. And the truth is the arms of God are open just for you. That God's love was made just for you. That God's heart's desire, when you think about the desire of someone, God's heart's desire, his longing is that you'll let go of those negative feelings about yourself and you'll just walk in, in, into, into his open arms and trust him and say, God, you know what? I'm gonna stop thinking that way about myself. I'm gonna stop eliminating myself from your love and I'm just gonna accept your love for my life. God, would you forgive me for the things I've done? And he wipes that slate clean as if you've never done it. And he looks at you with these fresh eyes. And he says, listen, I love you. I love you. Welcome home. That's the God we serve that you can walk with him, that you can be in relationship with him, that you can have this closeness with him. And if that's a decision that you want to make, we're going to come back to that a little bit more, but I want you to begin to contemplate those things. And even if you're watching this online and you're, and you're, and you're thinking, hey, maybe that's where I'm at, just, just, just type in the word Jesus and, and somebody is, uh, one of our pastors who's already ready online is going to reach out to you. Listen, many of you know we've been in a message series titled Perseverance. And God has been teaching us how to persevere in all kinds of ways, all kinds of different areas of our life. And it's really been powerful. It, 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 it's, it's really been liberating. There's been so much freedom. And this past week, my wife and I, we were really faced with a, with a tough situation, a tough dilemma with something that, you know, you don't wish upon anybody. We were, uh, it was in the middle of the night, around three o'clock, we were woken up because our newborn daughter, Ariela, she's four months old, she started choking. She started choking for her life. She was choking and she was not stopping. It wasn't just that she was coughing or something. She was, she was like choking, like really bad. So we picked her up immediately and it seemed like she got a grasp of air. And then a few moments later, she started choking again, but like bad choking. And this is our third child. So we don't feel like we're rookies. We, we know when it's like something's gonna be okay. And so we're, we're looking, at, looking at her and we're, we're, we're getting a little nervous because she's choking again. And then all of a sudden she, she gasped gasps for air again. And, and, and at this point, my wife is holding her. I'm standing there next to her. This is like three o'clock in the morning. And my wife just begins to pray over her. I begin to pray. Then I get on my knees and, 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 and I just begin to cry out to the Lord. Because you, again, you, you can tell when something is like, okay, they're, they're just going to catch their rhythm or they're not. And so I, I'm beginning to cry out to the Lord, God, you just gave me this precious life. She's four months old, God. And my, my wife is there standing, holding her, crying, and, and we both come out of prayer, and, and we say, no, 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 something is, is definitely not right here. And she goes back to choking again. We're like, okay, let, let's rush to the emergency. So at 3 o'clock in the morning, we are rushing to the emergency. We get there, and, and right away we start texting prayer warriors, and we're like, listen, we, we need your help. We need divine intervention. Something is off. Sure enough, we get there to the hospital, and, and they're beginning to examine her, and, and her, her tube where, the, where, where you breathe here is, has, has been tightened and closed. 
um, because uh, apparently she had gotten some type of croup or croup or something to that nature, and it has closed the breathing tube, and so she's barely getting anything there. And so right away, um, she's, she's just laying there, and, and we're, just, we're just praying and believing, and they run to go get a steroid that they believe that they, they injected. It, it's going to loosen things up, and, and we're still in the hospital room, and we're praying, and we're praying, and, and we're, we're asking God for a miracle, and we're, we're texting people, would you pray right now in the moment, now, 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 and we're waking people up. And, and, and then all of a sudden, I, I see my, my four-month-year-old, and, and the hand of God, really, but I see her, she, she's laying on the bed, and we're watching her, and she raises raises her left arm almost like this, and it looked like, to me, it looked like victory. It looked like God's hand, and, and I just took that as a sign as God is about to do something, and then they, they, they administered the steroid, and suddenly everything cleared up, and she was able to have enough room for oxygen to come in and to flow. See, there are moments in life where some things are inexplainable, but you, you don't know why it's happening, but it's happening. You're faced with it. See, it's so easy to run and to panic and to, and, and to let fear overtake you. And some of these feelings are natural. But I'll tell you, the best decision you can do in that is to run to God, to seek God, to trust God. And today we're going to look into the book of James chapter 5. And I feel like these verses are so fitting for what's happening in today's culture, in today's society, what's happening around the world. And it says this, it says this, because God, God's word always teaches us what to do in James chapter 5, verses 13 through 18. And, and it says this, it says, Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Just like our worship leaders were saying this morning. Listen, if, 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 if whatever's going on, let, let's praise the Lord. Verse 14, is anyone among you sick? Let them call for the elders, right, the spiritual leaders of the church, and let them pray over them, anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord. Verse 15, and the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another, pray for one another, that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Verse 17 and 18, and that's it. It says this, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed fervently that it might not rain, and for three years and six months it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again, and heaven gave rain, and the earth bore its fruit. This is such a powerful passage of Scripture. Some of us are, are really familiar with, with James 5, 16 and, and some of these verses, but I want you to go back to verse 13. And, and, and I, want you, I want to read this to you one more time. It says, is, is anyone among you suffering? James poses the question. He asks you, are you going through anything? Is there any drama in your life? Are there any issues in your life? Is there anything that mentally that you're dealing with? Maybe an oppression, maybe depressed, maybe these feelings of worried about what's next in your life or what is it going to look like or what's around the corner? Or what's up with this relationship? It's so struggling. Or what's, I don't understand what's happening with my children. It says, is anyone among you suffering? James asks the question, but he's not looking for a response. He, he rather tells us. He says, let him pray. See, in, in the midst of what's going on, our first response should be to pray. 
to, to seek out the Lord. He says, is anyone cheerful? Let him sing. Is any of you sick? Are any of you, is, has anything hit your body? We should pray. See, James is challenging us and encouraging us. And the truth is, brothers and sisters, some of us could really use some encouragement this morning, can't we? Some of us can be encouraged. Some of us could use a, just, could, could use a little bit more Jesus right now. Some of us can use some words spoken of life over us. Some of us could be challenged right now. Some of us, our, our walk with God has been a little stagnant, and, and, and it's been there, but it's been a little stagnant. You feel like you haven't really been growing. You haven't really been connecting with God. Some of you could be encouraged, and you can be challenged. I want to say this, and this is your blank here. There is nothing God cannot do in any storm of life. There's nothing He cannot do. God is bigger than the storm. We can't portray the picture or allow media to portray the picture that the storm is bigger than God. That's not true. So there's two things that I want to take away from this passage. Two things that I want us to get. Two things that God is speaking to us in this season. And the very first thing is this. Number one, the power of the prayer of faith. The power of the prayer of faith. See, when you come before the Lord, you got to believe what you ask him for you got to believe him. What is it to pray and not believe God? What is it just to throw words out there? Maybe he'll do it. I'm not really sure he can, but I'm just going to throw it out there. When we pray, you got to believe. In Matthew 21, verse 22, it says this, If you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. The key is if you believe. There's a lot going on in the world and in your personal life, in your home. If you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. The key is you got to believe. When I pray and I believe, what I'm saying is, God, I don't got this. You do. That's what I'm saying. When I pray and I believe God for saying, listen, God, th th this is not by my strength. This is not by my ingenuity. This is not by my confidence. God, th th this is not by my resources or my context. God, I don't actually have this. You do. So I'm going to pray and believe that you got this. I see things are one way, and I believe you can make them another way. In John 15, 7 Jesus says this, and this is so key, and I want you to get it in the New American Standard Version. It says, if you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it'll be done for you. Ask whatever you wish, and it'll be done for you. That's a beautiful promise. But brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, it says, if you abide in me, if, if I am in God, if, if I remain in God, and his words remain in me. If the word of God, if I'm feeding my soul the word of God and I remain in God, then I can have the rest. It says, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. To think that I can ask God to, to do this or to that, but I'm not walking in him and his, I'm not feeding my soul with the word of God, then I'm, I'm missing what it's saying here. I, I must remain in God. Because the prayer of faith is powerful. 
And I get that there's a lot going on in society right now and some of those things, there's a lot of rumors and things floating around media and people are wondering if, uh, you know, this is the apocalypse or, you know, they're wondering if, if all of that's going on and, hey, Jesus is coming back, let's be ready. Let, 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 let's certainly be ready for that. But this is a perfect opportunity for the church to be the church. This is a perfect opportunity for us to come together in unity, to remain in God and have God's word remain in us, be inside of us. And then we ask him for anything. To ask, to, uh, let's ask him to end this, this virus that's going on. If, if we come together and we're all on the same page and we're asking God for this, God hears our prayers, why would God not move on our behalf? He certainly will. That's what his word teaches us. And I pray that through all of this, many come to know him. Many, many come to surrender their lives. The problem is, ladies and gentlemen, is sometimes we don't believe. Some, some, sometimes we don't. Sometimes it's not that we don't pray. It's just that sometimes we don't believe. The question for you is, are we going to be praying, believing people? Are we going to be more intentional with that alone time? Are we going to be more intentional with that, with that drive to work, with that break at work, or with that extra time out of school? Are we, going to, are we going to take time to pray, to seek God? Or is there too much going on because on social media i got to see what's going on. i got to scroll, i got to scroll, i got to scroll, and I get lost in scrolling. I'm so bored of scrolling. And, 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 and I get to that place, and I'm like, oh my, but what if I just put it down and I just prayed? I just prayed. Verse 13 says this, is, is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Scrolling does not help your suffering. It only increases it. Is anyone, is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. The key and the answer has always been prayer. God loves to hear his people believing him for great things. And there's no prayer that's insignificant to him. Our first response should always be prayer. Your first response will help guide your second response. Miss God at the beginning with prayer, and you might find yourself fighting a battle that runs in circles around you. Because all of your efforts, all of, all of your planning, everything you're trying to do to get out of the situation that you're in has been your response. But if you pray first, God will guide your second response. Does that make sense? The more I pray, the more peace I can have. The more I pray, the more peace I can have. Because peace is priceless. A lot of people think, well, you know, if I had a whole lot of money, I would have a whole lot more peace. That's not exactly how it works. It's like fool's gold. You think, okay, if I have this, the Bible says this in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. It says this, don't worry about anything. What? Yeah, that's what it says. It says, instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. We come to that place. God, this is the truth. If this is what's going on, and God, if I'm being really honest, I'm, I'm feeling these feelings about the unknown and these things that I'm trying to work on or these things going on in life. God, I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I've got all kinds of thoughts in my head, and sometimes it feels overwhelming, and sometimes I, 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 I just don't know how I feel sometimes. 
I, I'm really kind of just stuck within myself. I, I'm not sure I, if someone asks me how I'm feeling. I'm not even sure how I feel. And, and maybe I'm just kind of, I just kind of tell them that I'm good, but I'm really feeling all these things inside. He says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Prayer is the response in the midst of that. If things floating around in your mind just seem like they're just circling and there's chaos and, and, and there's no clarity, pray about everything. Talk to God. Tell Him what you need. And certainly thank Him for all He's done. See, there's nothing like coming to a place of gratitude, right? We like gratitude. We like people that are grateful. You know, we do something for them. And it's really nice when someone says thank you. It's a kind of a big thing with my kids. They're trying to really make sure they say thank you, right? They show some type of gratitude. They just want to take this or have that, have that, or just it's always about them, we, 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 right? We're teaching them not to be selfish. We're teaching them to be grateful. Well, the same thing with God. Like God, God wants to see within us that we're actually grateful for what he's already done. Do we express that gratitude? Do we thank him for what he's done? Or is it, God, I just need this, I just need this, I just need this, I just need this. Or, or God, thank you for what you've done. And God, now this is what's on my mind and my heart. God, this is what I'm dealing with. And, 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 and Father, just the way you've come through before, thank you for that, but I need you to come through again. Can we repeat this verse? Let's repeat it together out loud on the count of three. One, two, and three. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Post it on your refrigerator. Put it in your car. Have it at your desk at work. Have it there in your school. Put it on your computer. Put it in the background screen on your phone. Let this be a part of that. See, the prayer of faith is powerful I have this verse slide that I want you to see. Um, it's a slide. Can, can you put this? Yes, here it is. If, if you're sick, summon the people that you need to talk to, right? Summon the elders of the church, the spiritual leaders. Allow them to anoint you and to pray for you and watch God be healed. And let this cycle continue to, to go around and to go around and go around. Let, let God work in your life. This is the way the Bible instructs for us to do. This is what his word teaches us. And it begins with a prayer of faith. You have to believe. And so, and so it, it comes around and you watch what God does. As I looked at scripture, I began to look at what really the prayer of faith looked like. And, 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 and what faith, the faith that God would move on our behalf, what does that look like? There can be the faith of the person that's needing the miracle. And maybe that's you here, and, you, and you've been kind of struggling with your faith, but I, I'm telling you now, I'm encouraging you now, have faith that God can do that. Or maybe there's the faith of both the person in need and the person praying. Or there's the faith of only the person praying. But without faith, we don't see God move. We can't expect God move. We cannot say empty words and not believe that he'll do them. We must have faith. So I challenge you, church. I challenge you, everyone listening to this, I challenge you to be the person with faith. Would you believe God for what things seem to be impossible? Would you believe God for where that thing is broken, that God can heal it and God can work it out? Would you believe God for, for, for whatever the, the, the report the doctor has given? It looks negative. It, it, it looks horrible. Can you believe God that he can turn it around? Can you believe God when your finances are all a mess and you need God to come through? Could you believe God? Can you believe God when you're struggling mentally and, and you're feeling depressed and you're worried and concerned and, and the thought feel chaotic could you believe God that he can work it out in your life 
Can, can we believe him? Because God can do it. Yes, he can. So let's believe together, church. I told you there was two takeaways. The first one is the power of, of the prayer of faith. And the second one is the power of a confessing community. The power of a confessing community. Now that word confession has, a lot, uh, has had a lot of confusion around it. People have asked me the question, Pastor, is this like, uh, you know, the, the priest in the confession, the confession box? Is that what this is? Pastor, I'm scared about that box. I don't know about that box. I, 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 don't, I, I don't know what, what, what that is. That's not this. That's not what this is saying. See, a confession is something so beautiful, made by God, that we would not hold in something and let it deteriorate the inside of who we are, but we would release something that maybe we've done, maybe something we've participated in, maybe something that we've done in secret, but I would come to a place of confession and repentance. Right? I, I, I cannot be right with the righteous and holy God if I'm holding in something. So he, he teaches us to repent, to, to confess it. And, and no, I don't need to go write it on social media and put it out there, but I need to, I need to talk about it. I need to let it out. So I, I confess to God. I repent to God. And then God made something so beautiful. He made us. He made the body of Christ. That we would come together, we would not judge each other, but we would find healing together. So I talk with my brothers and sisters about what I've been dealing with. And I'm not worried that they're going to say this or that about me. I know that they're going to come to a place to encourage me because that's what the Word teaches. And obviously, we're not perfect and we're faulted, but, but God is good. And in our midst, we find healing together. So let me say this. Church is not a space we go to get judged. It's a time we gather to be healed. I'm going to say that again. Church is not a space we go to get judged. It's a time we gather to be healed. And I want you to know that healing in your life can be just around the corner. That struggle, that feeling of depression, being stuck, physical ailing, that mental chaos, that confusion. But we have to come to a place where, you know what? I'm going to look past what everyone has said about God or the church or these things, and I am going to trust the design that God has made. Not what man has made, what God has made. And I'm going to be part of a confessing community, a community of faith that's, that's not here to judge me, but that's here to, to help me. In verse 16, it says this. Verse 16, it says that, Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another. Before, before we go on, see that comma there? Confess your sins to one another and pray for one another. See, this is the design of the church. That you can come to a place and say, you know what, me and God have been dealing with this. I've been talking to the Lord about this. This is, what I, this is my struggle. And, and I'm just being honest and I'm being real. But I, I need you to know. I need you to know so you can help me keep me accountable. I need you to know because maybe you've been through something so similar. I need your wisdom. I need your advice. I need your counsel. You know what? I need some love in my life. I need some love in my life. I need somebody that's going to speak life. I need someone that's going to encourage me. I need somebody that's going to, that, that, that's going to help me out. And not just tell me what I want to hear. 
So I confess my sins to one another and we pray for one another that you may be healed. Healed of whatever that thing is that's been going on in your life. Maybe that physical thing or maybe that mental thing. Maybe that sin. Maybe that struggle that I may be healed of that. It says this, the prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. And I want you to know here in, in this original context when it says the prayer of the righteous person, the prayer of the righteous person. This is, this is different than when, at the beginning when James mentions go and seek out the elders. When he's specifically talking about the spiritual leaders. Here he's talking about you and I. He's talking about us. He's talking about that you have the power to pray for somebody else. And that God can work in you and through you. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is, as it is working. So what does that look like? See, in a healthy community, you'll find the opportunity to be transparent, to be real, and to be open. Imagine living life and forever when someone asks you how you're doing, your response is, well, you know, I'm good. You know, we're good. How are you doing? How are you doing? Hey, man, I'm good. Hey, what's up? It's, hey, it's good to see you. Hey, uh, I'm good. But the truth is, you know that's not how you're doing. You know that's not how you're feeling. You know that's not how the situation is. What if that was your response for the rest of your life? Yeah, I'm good. And you never had a place, you never had a faith community where you could be plugged in, you can be real, you can be honest, you can be open, you can be transparent. Or you could just be yourself. The truth is I deal with these things. The truth is sometimes my mind go, wanders and goes to this place. The truth is, man, I need, I, I, I need some solid people in my life. I need some people that I can count on. I, I, need, I need some people that are, that, are, that are, when I tell them what I've been dealing with, what I've been going through, what I've been feeling, they're not going to run the other way. Amen. Or they're not going to judge me. Or they're not going to go say this. I need some solid people in my life. Amen. This is why God designed the church. That we would be this way towards each other. Not perfect, but on the journey together. Not, and I believe that's who we are as Mosaic. This is what God is wanting to do in us and through us. And I want to point something out. See, James has prayer for healing and prayer for confess your sins in the same place. And he doesn't really make a whole lot of distinction. Why? Because the way you were meant to have a church, a place where you could come to pray, he, he, he meant it so that you can do it together. So you can come to church, you can be a part of a body, you can come and seek prayer and healing, and you can do those things. At the same time, you can find a place of confession, a place where I could be honest and real and raw, where I could talk about the struggles. And I want you to know this. We don't forgive sins, but God does. But we find healing within each other. We find liberation. We find wisdom where we can share on the journey. And I want to close with this thought here. I want to close with this. Prayer and confession is a huge part to your walk with God. Your walk with God will only go so far if, if, if you're not praying and you're not confessing, you're not coming to this place of, of repentance. And my prayer is that you will step into a season of bold faith for yourself, our church, our city, your family, and you'll walk in this. I want you to see what, what Elijah said here. 
what, or what the Bible says that Elijah prayed and, and it says and God moved. It says this in verse 17. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours and he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months, it didn't rain. That was his prayer on the earth. And then it says that then he prayed again and heaven gave rain and the earth bore its fruit. It might seem like, how, how is, is that even possible? Is that, is, is that real? But this is what the Bible is saying. It's saying that this prayer of faith can move mountains. It can heal. It can forgive sins. And when I needed help with my daughter, we went straight to prayer. And, and it, was, it was now that I think back about it, you know, and I, and I, and I look back, see, in the moment we're, we're so worried and concerned, we just responded and we cried out to the Lord. But as, as, as I look now from the outside past that moment, looking back into that moment, we were in such a panic and such a worry, but how beautiful was it to see my wife just hold our, our, our precious newborn baby and just begin to call out to God, begin to cry out to God, begin to declare healing. And, and I'm seeing myself as I was there and I, was, I, I got on the side of the bed and I got on my knees and I just began to cry out to Him. God, You gave, You blessed, You provided. You entrusted us with this child. And so, God, we hand her to you, and we ask your healing and your blessing over her life now. Would you do it, God? So that moment will be etched in my heart and my mind forever. And maybe you're here today, and you're saying, you know what, I... I need to get right with God. I, I, I got I to gotta do it. I've known about God or I've heard about church or I've attended here or there. I just, I got to get right with God. No more playing games. Like, like I, need, I need to do this. I want to do this. You know, there's a couple of things that happens when we make a decision like that. Number one, you receive love like you've never had in your life before. It, uh, it, it, all your records of wrong are wiped out. You think that they'll be held against you, but they're not. They're wiped out. You receive so much mercy and grace and forgiveness, it'll blow your mind. And in that, you also receive this promise of eternal life. That the day when you take your last breath, you don't have to be worried or concerned. Because God will be there. Come on in. This is what it means to make a decision to get right with God. But maybe you're also here listening and you're saying, you know what? The truth is I've let things just go. I, I love the Lord, but I've been panicking and struggling over some things. or I, My heart's been heavy about these different areas. And you know what? My first response hasn't been prayer. But I, I see the error of my ways, and I really need to come to a place where when it happens, I need to pray. I, I know that. I need to stop trying my willpower around these things or ingenuity. I need to just stop and pray. Or maybe you're at the place where you're like, you know what? I haven't trusted anyone with anything that I've been dealing with. I haven't been confessing and talking and being real and authentic. People ask me all the time, am I good? I've been telling people they're good my whole life. I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. Your whole life you've been telling people you're good. But the truth is, inside, that hasn't been the case. So 
I want to challenge you and encourage you. Trust the body of Christ. Trust that this is the way God designed it. People aren't going to be perfect. But I pray you find love. I pray you find healing. I pray you find the love of God through his body. So here's my challenge for you as we pray. Here's my challenge. Will I choose to believe God can do it, whatever that area is? I choose to believe God can do it. And lastly, I challenge myself to be more transparent with my community of faith. That's my challenge. I'm laying it out. Are you willing to say those words for yourself? I choose to believe God can do it, whatever the circumstance, whatever the area. I choose to believe because it's a choice. And secondly, I challenge myself to be more transparent with my community of faith. Let's take a moment to pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. God, you are so good. Father, we thank you for this season and this time, God, where we can gather and be unified all across the world, all across the city, God, all across the state, all across the nation, God, where we can be unified. God, you are good. And right now we call on your name. Maybe we're here, God, and maybe we need to make a decision to choose for you. Maybe you're listening right now, or maybe you're with us. God, we need you. We confess, God. We want to get right with you. God, we want healing in our lives, Lord. God, we want our sins forgiven. We want to walk with you, God, and have this confidence with you. And I just pray your blessing, Lord. Bring your word alive to us. Continue to reveal yourself. Heal us, Lord. Speak and minister to us, God. We thank you for your goodness, God. You're so good. And so today we confess. Today we repent. Would your mercy and grace be over us and would we receive the gift of eternal life, Lord, walking with you forever. God, strengthen your house. Strengthen your body, God. God, will we come to a place where we believe you, Lord. We believe you can do it. And God, we're going to be more intentional about confessing and being real and being authentic and sharing where we're really at in life. So, Father, strengthen us, Lord. Strengthen us, Lord, in the name of Jesus. God, we love you. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Can we just give the Lord a round of applause?